Welcome to this episode of That Florida Podcast. I've got a friend of mine from across the water, and if you can remember my name, Andy Hoffman, sir. How are you doing? Kevin Curtis Allen, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, doing well, my friend. We've uh, spent 20 minutes chatting about everything apart from the subject in hand, but now we're going to get down to business. Now, Andy's on because he... Fort Mears. Fort Mears. Now, that's... Would you stay on Fort Mears Beach or in the city? We actually... So I did, oddly enough, I did a, I did a split stay. We did a couple nights in Fort Myers itself in the, in the, in the, in the city. And we just stayed at a regular, um, what was it? It was just a holiday Inn type hotel. Nothing, nothing fancy. It was actually, it was a courtyard by Marriott, but it was within a five minute drive of, of the airport. And then it was within, then it was about a half hour at the time drive out to the to the beach you know depending on the season this was back in late or like late october first part of november so it was right before all the snowbirds had started to come down um beach the water was still warm enough to swim um but we did the first couple nights there just because it was close to where my in-laws are my in-laws are right in the city of fort myers so we were about 10 minutes from their house and then for the next couple nights we went out to uh, Sanibel Island, actually, which is just north of Fort Myers, and we stayed at the West Wind Island Resort. But we did spend quite a bit of time on Fort Myers Beach, so we could kind of talk about how we talk about both. Yeah, let's talk about both. Did my little bit of research, and I didn't do a lot. I I didn't realize that Fort Myers and Fort Myers Beach were around thirty to forty minute drive, like you say, dependent on on the season and the time of year. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot like you know you have. 35 41 hour streets and then you get a lot of the the older people that drive drive slow so that's gonna slow you up but and then it's just a lot of, a lot of stoplights so as a you i don't know if you use the expression over there as a crow flies but as a crow flies it'd be a you know it'd be a 10 minute jaunt if it didn't have stoplights and traffic yeah all the um, other issues that traffic bring and the popularity yeah. of, a, of a beach on a yeah. spring break or when the snowbirds are down there because yeah, like right now it's the it's the crazy time. My my wife and son are actually heading down uh, tomorrow, um, so there it's going to be that what was a forty minute from their drive from my in laws place or that hotel where we were staying. You know, during we were down there in June too, from June or October to now, it's going from a forty minute drive to an hour drive because you get that much more traffic, and you you have to plan too when you want to go to the beach. You know, you either need to get there early in the day to get a good good spot because. They have public spot. They have, it's a all public beach. You know, you have a lot of resorts. You have a lot of private homes along it. Very limited public parking. Yeah, I um, noticed that the parking seemed to be an issue there. Whereas I, when we covered Daytona Beach, you actually can park on the beach there, which I wasn't aware uh-huh. of, which is something we do here in sunny Blackpool. You can drive up on the beach okay. and park directly on the sand in some places. 
this is the problem. It's not really set up to have the amount of traffic, I think, that's there. Although the infrastructure, by the looks of what my little bit of research, they are doing a lot of work and putting in some more infrastructure there. So in the coming years, hopefully it will improve. Yeah, and one nice feature, though, they have is on, on Fort Myers Beach, and when I was down there in June, I was down there by my myself, but I had a, the vehicle with me, and I went more towards the, the late afternoon, and I had no problem. I had dr- drive a little bit, but I didn't have much of a problem then finding the spot because it was two, three o'clock in the afternoon, but it's also light until eight, nine o'clock. So I still had a few hours at the beach. But the nice part is you pay with your phone at the, you know, the meters. And the nice part is, you know, they have an app where you can go to their website. So as you're laying at the beach, reading a book or going in between going in the water, you know, you could check your phone and be like, oh, I only have 30 minutes left on my phone, my parking meter. The nice part is you don't have to go back to your meter to, to load the money. You can just do it on your phone. Yeah, that's becoming pretty much the norm in the UK. I did that yesterday in Southampton. Yeah. Okay. And that was and the difference between like the public beaches and Sanibel, they don't have that there. You still have to go pay up by the machine. Yeah. And Sanibel is just right north of uh, Fort Myers Beach. Now for the nice part about the, the Fort Myers area, which is a little different than say, you know, for people that might be familiar with Orlando or parts of Miami, none of the roads around Fort Myers are, are toll roads. So you don't have to, screw around with you know sometimes as a tourist you now for somebody for like myself who goes down there enough i went and bought one of the the, the sun pass yeah so I, I have one that i use because i can also use it on the toll roads the few toll roads we have around here in minnesota or if i go down to chicago so the nice part is you don't need it there one of the neat features of, of sanibel island is it's a little more call it exclusive where it costs six dollars to cross the bridge going to sanibel which for them it's probably a good way to keep you know maybe some riffraff out but you get to sanibel you have some, some gorgeous beaches there it's it's a little more, it's a little quieter when we were there in in, in June and, and in October. Both times I noticed the parts of Sanibel were a little quieter than the, the, the Fort Myers. But especially the nice the nice part with Fort Myers is you have a lot of restaurants and, and resorts right on the water that you can go in and you want to grab lunch or you want to grab a, a cocktail or two, you can do that. Yeah, I understand there's a restaurant called Joe's Crab Shack, which popped up in... in... I don't know if that's a chain or not, but it popped up in Joe's report. I mean, he must have mentioned it 20 times. We turned it into a drinking game in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's a chain that's come and gone. I think we had one or two in our market. I don't know if it's still here. There's also, if you go, I, I had a, I, when I was in, in June, I had, a, had some you know bar food and some really good cocktails at Cabana Beach Bar and Grill. It was on the north end of, the, of Fort Myers Beach. But it's one of those things you can go there, you know, you can sit at the bar, you can go sit out on, on the patio and have your, your drinks and your and your food. You know, I, th- I had some fresh fresh fish, you know, as you would say, not a proper fish and chips, but it's still, <laughs> it still did the trick. You know, if you go south of Fort Myers Beach, another really popular place is uh, in the Boynton, uh, Bonita Springs area called Bonita Beach. And there's a really popular place down there called uh, Doc's Beach House has really good wings, pizza, and just general bar food. But another place where you can sit and get a good cocktail. And then, you know, if you're parked in their parking lot, I think they give you a little bit of a grace period so you can go kind of walk the beach. The nice part with that Cabana Beach Bar Grill in Fort Myers, I think they had a hotel there. Maybe it was inside a business building, I forget. But, you know, same thing if you wanted to go, you know, if you're out on the beach, you could walk up there. You know, there's there's plenty of people that, you know, I did this a couple of days where, you know, you can go pick them up at, you know, Target or Walmart or, 
you know, go pick up like a you know little styrofoam cooler or a disposable cooler. But I went over to, to Publix and got a couple subs. <laughs> and, you know, uh-huh. So that's the nice part is you can pack yourself a little, little pub sub, pack a couple of Ziploc baggies to put it in to keep as a little, you know, moisture block. And then, you know, load up some water, some Gatorades or some drinks if you want. It's nice to kind of have that with. And then, you know, one suggest, especially if you're going on that, on that beach, beach holiday, a lot of the resorts, especially on, on, on Sanibel, I know they do it on Fort Myers for free a lot of times because it's part of your some resorts in Las Vegas where they charge you like a resort fee. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we've got to watch resort fees and parking yep. fees and things like that. Just all yep. sneaky ways of pushing the price of the hotel room up. Correct. And as, as, as we know, somebody's familiar with the travel agent industry, you know, a lot of times, especially you know, in Vegas, they'll do it. It's like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll charge $50 a night. So I go up. I show up quicker on the, or yeah, higher up on the, that's exactly on the, the reason for it. Honey. But well, Hey, we got this and this, the nice part with Sanibel usually pay a little more because you know, you're paying anywhere from, you know, right around averaging right around $200 a night for a hotel. So you're going to, you're paying more. So a lot of times that gets factored in, but a lot of times they'll have, you can go rent like a, so they have the beach loungers, uh, down there. If you're going to be there for, and you're not staying on one of the resort beaches, you know, one thing I would suggest, and it's not going to cost you a, a ton of extra money, but it's going to be a, a lifesaver. Just doing something simple like going to, if you, especially if you have a rental car, or you can even take an Uber, is going to like a, a Target or a Walmart and picking up. I picked up two simple beach chairs. Yeah. Are you going to say? And, and I spent $50 on a beach umbrella. Now, since I had relatives down there, I just left everything at their house. But, you know, when you're down there in the summer months and it's hotter than heck, it's it's nice to have that yeah. beach umbrella provide some shade. And then that chair, even though it's not much keeping out of the sand, it's keeping your wet butt after you've been swimming out of the sand and then you don't have a disgusting towel when you're done. So you're not a Joe then. You don't go and buy a, buy a spade and dig yourself a hole and sit in it like Joe does. It kind of frowned upon that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I noticed I did do a little bit of research. I noticed that... Um, there's like norm, most normal beaches. There's all the beach stands. There's all the yeah. high, hire of uh, beach and all the normal hire stuff. There's the they, they hire out boats, don't they? You can buy jet skis and stuff like that. Just the normal beach sort of things, like we would do here, like we do here on the Isle of Wight. So yeah, okay. it's all there. But the great thing with this is you're on the west coast, so you you'd get some really nice sunsets because that's oh yeah, you get some gorgeous sunsets, and you'll see, especially like on that when I was on Fort Myers Beach one night. It literally at that sun going down, it's super quiet. Everybody's just in awe watching the sunset. Really neat. You got to be, and a tip, the way Sanibel Island is designed, when we were on Sanibel Island and we were at the Gulf City Park, which is one of their public, one of their public beaches. I'm like, oh, great. I had my wife with me. Like, oh, great, honey, we can watch the sunset. Well, I did, wasn't thinking that it faced more, you know, face more east. east. Yeah, yeah. So you was on so the east missed, side of the spit. So we missed the sunset. And then, so the next night we just went up a little farther. But, and two for people that are really into um, check, you know, collecting um, seashells. Yeah. You'll see a ton of people and especially a lot of the uh, the retirees, the snowbirds, they'll be out there with, you know, they have little uh, baskets on a stick and they'll be going through and collecting, you know, the shells they like. That's the fun part, you know, especially if you had a family with you, you got young kids. What a great way to spend a couple hours bringing the kids and, and collecting, yeah, collecting shells and you, you can bring them home. Yeah, beachcombing would be a lot different there because it's on the Gulf Coast. Over the other side, you, it, it gets all smashed up because obviously the weather's a lot harder. Yeah. 
so but the nice part is over there, especially when we were out here, when well, I was there in June, it was June or the end of July, I forget one of the two, they all blend together. I had a, I had a, like a day and a half to kill and I already, I had already left Disney. So I drove across, I drove across the state over to the, to the East coast and went over to um, Riviera beach, which is probably, probably between halfway between Daytona and Fort Lauderdale. That probably closer to Fort Lauderdale, but over there, we're on the Fort Myers, Sanibel, you have a lot more, there's a lot more shell fragments. So it's a little more, not as yeah. parts of the beach can be a little more rough on your feet where the Riviera beach area, I was at the, I believe John MacArthur state park and it was just gorgeous white sand and super blue, clear blue. The tricky part was some of the parts of that, the West coast of Florida, that Gulf coast is they had a little bit of still of a couple of years ago, they had really bad issues with red tide. Yeah. It was just what caused it. And, they still had a little bit of it when we were there in June. So a little bit, the water wasn't as, 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 as clear. So the only thing I did like on the, on the East coast side, the water's just, you know, being in the summer water is just as warm, but it was a lot more, a lot more clear. So if you were into snorkeling, but the water's a lot more, the water's a little rougher. Yeah. Yeah. They get a lot, a lot rougher weather on the East side, yeah. wouldn't they? Now yeah. the West side would be interesting for me because you could set up those cameras and get some nice sunsets. I don't get up early enough to do sunrises, I'm afraid. I'm not... same here. It's like, I want to, I mean, I sleep in a little bit, but, um, but it's, it's one of those things where you're, you know, if, and if you just wanted to spend, you know, depending on where you're coming from, if you're coming from across the pond or you're coming stateside, you got plenty of airports to, and, you know, you could fly directly to Fort Myers and it's obviously hop, skip and jump. You know, you could go up to Tampa. It's about two and a half hour drive. It's about or two three hour hours drive. from Orlando, isn't it? It's about three hours from Disney yep. world. Yeah. Yep. And about, two two i think about two and a half from miami because i did that one time i'm like well i'm gonna mix this up and plus i think the airfare was like because the tricky part with fort myers is fort myers depending where you are can be really expensive to fly into i've never seen so, it come up on on our our flights as so so some yeah so sometimes if you have you know let's say a family of four i mean there's been times where i've seen um just a couple months ago i was looking at my, my maybe my son and i go down for a couple of days it ended up not working out but where we could fly into through Delta airlines, we could fly into Orlando for $225 a piece. It was 600 a piece for Fort Myers. And typically, especially during spring break right now, and there's some smaller airlines, like budget-friendly airlines that are a little cheaper, especially with prime spring break, Fort Myers, it's almost as expensive as, you know, you see some that was almost expensive what I paid to fly to London. Yeah, that that's the only issue, isn't it? But with, yeah. that, with most of the Brits, we'd be flying into MCO or Sanford Correct. or Tampa. Yeah. It's one of those three. So it's well, still within you, striking distance if you've got a higher car. Correct. And if you're coming, you're coming for a couple of weeks anyway, so you have more time to, to least, play with. At least, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'd, we'd be looking at spending a week on the beach, I would think. Most yeah. people spend, spend yeah. a week, 10 days Disney and Universal and then a week at the beach. Okay. And that's a tricky part too. You have to be careful because, you know, you get... If you come in September, October, you're still in prime hurricane season. Yeah, that so is that is the issue. I mean, everybody was we, myself and Andy, were on a trip called the G3, which I think everybody's heard about by now. Yeah, and we were there in January, stroke early February, and everyone was complaining because it was a little bit cold. But we we didn't see a hurricane, funnily enough, and we didn't see much rain neither. No, and for me, I mean, somebody who's in the frozen tundra of Minnesota, where Two weeks before I came down to G3, it was 20 degrees below Fahrenheit. So, yeah. Cold. Which, yeah. So, for me, when I got down to Orlando, it was 60 degrees. It's like, this is shorts weather. Yeah. Shorts and t-shirt flip-flops. Which is funny. Is the night we had 
your birthday party celebration at the fireworks. I think that might be the only time I've ever worn pants in Florida. Yeah, I hadn't worn long trousers in Florida before until we yeah. until this particular trip. But like I tried to explain to people, I can't um, change the date I was born. It's, I don't if it's hard, if it's gonna make sense when I describe it. In, in Florida, it's a damp cold. Yeah, yeah, very. So, still a lot of humidity, even though it's down in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I, the gamble. You exact thing. If you go, if you go over to Fort Myers Beach in December, January, February, that water's not even on the. It's not that warm, and even you know, it's been warm enough. It's you know right now it's in in the mid eighties. So you're still gonna see people going in the water and the farther south you go it's warmer it's going to get but and that's the part of it is that's a tricky part you take because it's like all right do i go then because depending on where you're coming from your airfare's generally going to be cheaper that time of year but you might not be able to enjoy the beach as much or at least swim in the beach yeah i mean most of the brits are coming over from easter through to september really so east is east is one of our big times we get a couple of weeks from school so that okay if the kids are out obviously unfortunately flights are expensive and so on yeah Obviously, middle of July to the beginning of September are our school holidays for the summer. Okay. So most people are coming traveling then. So well, yeah. that's and that's kind of the nice part. When I noticed when we were there in the summer, in certain parts, it, it's not as busy because you know we got some friends that live full time in Florida, and they say, "Well, we don't leave the house." You know, a couple of years ago, Buddy and I were down and uh, we did a baseball road trip, and we were up in Clearwater Beach, and it was end of July. Granted, it was super hot and humid, but the the crowd at the beach was probably one-tenth of what it was during say spring break yeah because the the humidity but i would imagine it's a little bit better right on the coast than it is inland yeah but also during the parts of the summer is you're going to get better better rates on hotels because you're not paying that prime spring break yeah you know pricing so you can get you know that room that might be especially if you look at those places in fort myers beach or sanibel some of those rooms might go for five six hundred dollars a night right now where some of they're going to be they're going to be half that well, that's, in, that's interesting because it would be the obviously the opposite in the UK. Okay, we, we'd be looking at the the, the rates going up, and obviously, our, like I said, our prime times are Easter, summer, yeah. and, and Christmas. But obviously, most people if they're going to Christmas, they go trying to get away to somewhere warm. So they'd be Florida, maybe the Canary Islands, somewhere like that. And that's how it is here too, where we are. It's like you know, during the winter, everything's inexpensive, but during the summer, it's two or three times the price because everybody wants to be outside and enjoy themselves in the summer months. Um, but yes, especially in those areas with, say, Fort Myers, a lot of places to to eat. Again, you just want to be patient because it's hard to get around. But the nice part with, you know, going up the road a bit to Sanibel Island. So we have Sanibel and Captiva. Sanibel's on one end, Captiva's on the other. But just ton of cool little shops and restaurants. When my daughter and I were down there in the fall, you know, one morning we went out for, for breakfast and I, I had a dish that had, it was like a breakfast platter that had alligator in it. And it was, oh, yeah. it was very good. But, and you also see a lot of people driving golf carts around. You get a lot of the retirees or the people that they can drive the golf carts. You're not a, a lot of great places you're going to have. And obviously with everything that's going on supply chain and trying to find employees, not everything is, is, is open, but you'll see a lot of those, you'll see a lot of those cute, cute beachside shops where you can get some cool little trinkets or souvenirs to bring home. And then, you know, the farther you go North on, on Captiva, you'll just see some of the most gorgeous in in insane homes in the world. Yeah, homes there's, there's, are, looks know. like there's some really expensive million, multi-million oh, pound houses. Yeah, correct. And it's it's insane, and you see, you know, it's probably as as much as some 
really fancy flats in the high end parts of London. Yeah, uh, talking of uh, homes and that, I noticed that Thomas Edison and Henry Ford had houses down there as well, which are open to the public. Which I was that was quite interesting. I don't know if you ever been to see those. Huh, no. They're, they're, yeah, they've both got, they had holiday homes. Apparently, Thomas Edison had a holiday home down there, and he had Henry Ford down for his birthday one year. And um, Henry Ford then went out and bought the house next door. So they're actually open to the public, and they're still all done in period as they were when Thomas Edison huh. lived there. And Henry Ford bought a house next door to him so he could come down and celebrate Thomas Edison's birthday every year which I thought was very interesting. And it that, is. That's open to the public. That's a, something that I found on the internet. Well, obviously, there, there's... I don't really understand this game. Baseball. Apparently, there's some baseball going on down there. I don't understand it. The Red so Sox the, you know, do... So it's called spring training. So the big spring training, it's when the, all, the, all the baseball players, you know, they've had the last couple of months off, so... They're they, out of they, shape. Yeah, they're out of shape. They, start, they start practicing, and then they'll have preseason games. So kind of like you guys do in your football. So when you have preseason games, so they can practice get their kinks out. It's a two, it's usually a month long thing. They'll play, you know, with the lockout they had, they ended. It's only like two weeks of games, but it's a huge revenue thing for the restaurants, the hotels down there. And, you know, cause watching one of the games before I started recording and it's, especially that in Arizona, it's a huge draw. And it's not expensive. Prices start like $5 a game. So if you want yeah, to go so you, and really see something that's truly America, totally yeah. mad America, yeah. you, go and, you can go and catch a baseball game for like $5. I mean, there must yeah, be and, the rubbish seats, but, you know, what, it, what can you do it, for $5? You can't get a hot dog well, for $5. No, and it's it, they're not, you know, the stadiums are small for, for spring training because they'll host minor league games. They maybe host, you know, five to 12,000 people. So you can, yeah, you might be out in the bleachers, you're sitting on the grass, you don't have a seat, which, you know, if you've been where I am or until two weeks ago, I hadn't seen my grass in my house since since first part of December. So if you're uh, somebody from up north or Canada, you know, it's, yeah, I'll sit in the grass. But yeah, you'll spend more on a, a hot dog and a soda or a hot dog and a water or a hot dog and a beer than you will your your tickets. Yeah, it's but, something, but, something that, that's a bit different to do, go and watch a baseball game. I mean, I've yeah. not I've not done one yet, but I want to go and do baseball. And I'd also like to go and do Ameri- an American football game one day, just just to try and find out what goes on because i don't have you ever game. like when they have them over in in london is it just i mean do those tickets just sell out right away i have I've, never... I've not, i haven't a clue to be quite like, okay it's been a long time so i i went to a football game let alone uh anything my normal sport i'm afraid two wheels motorcycles but um, that's okay yeah like like soccer over here i mean my local team southampton or portsmouth I suppose if I got a call for one of them, I got a call for Southampton. My nephew played for him, so I'd need to. I'd, a team I'd have to support if I had to support a local team. Okay, but yeah, like American football games. Yeah, they come over and play, don't they? I don't know yeah. anything about it, like I say. But it's something again that's a that's a part of America. Yeah, and, and they used to the play American it. experience. Yeah, they used to play at Wembley, but now I think they play at one of the soccer stadiums. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit complicated about Wembley Stadium because now the West yeah. Ham's in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, when we did, uh, when I was over over in your your neck of the woods, we did the Harry Potter tour, and we we went up, and the guys like, oh, the you know, we had a very nice tour bus driver that was also a tour guide, so he's like, no, over there is Wembley Stadium. It has kind of that arch on top of it. The day we did the the shard, I was like, oh, there's Wembley Stadium. Oh, we weren't that we weren't that far away. 
Now, you weren't that far away from Legoland, neither, in Windsor. Oh. No, you weren't that far away from Legoland. Well, funnily enough, Andy came over to the UK, and we were going to meet up, weren't we? But this yeah. full year went and caught the big C, COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Like I say, that to me, like it's, it's, just, it's just a perfect place for a, a beach holiday. It seems to have all the facilities. There's boat rentals, I've found. There's... Um, a couple of aquariums that look like um, something of interest on a day where perhaps the weather's not great. There's a science centre there as well. It's and obviously it's water sports. Now they do do the offshore uh, boat race and they do a um, seafood food festival as well down there. I found, right. and they do parasailing. So yeah, it's where yeah. So you'll see like you'll be at the beach in Fort Myers and you'll see or Sanibel and you'll see. The, the parasailers out there, but you, you, you said it too, where you have a lot of places where you could, you could rent jet skis for a day. You can rent uh, a pontoon or uh, if you want to go with a bigger, more powerful boat, you can. They also have people that will, you know, you can hire your own captain. You can, if you want to go fishing, you can go on a fishing chart, catch some fish. And you also see people or the locals will be fishing a lot from the beach. That's always fun to, fun to watch. Cause I'm always curious. It's like, Oh, what are you using for bait? What are you, are you actually catching anything? Cause you got people kind of, yeah, when we were in, um, we were in Sanibel, uh, back in, in the fall, about probably 20 yards out, we saw about five or six dolphins just cruising right along the water. So you'll see, you'll see a lot of stuff, especially the nice part is on, if you do wake up at, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, it's neat because you'll just, especially on a nice Sunday day, you'll just see the beach filled with people walking and you'll see, you, you might see a couple of crabs walking up and down the beach. You might see, you'll see other little uh, one morning we were walking, we, we happened to look at something and there was a very, very nice sized starfish that kind of was up on the water. And then as the, um, the tide, the tide was going down, the tide was going back, that poor little starfish was, you know, but you could see he was trying to get back into the, bury himself in the sand. So just a neat time to see a lot of the different, different wildlife. And even at night you get a, you know, the nice part, especially on Sanibel and parts of Fort Myers is you'll get away from the clouds. I mean, say there's a cloudless night. There's not a lot of, there's no city lights out there. So you don't have that light pollution. So you can, you're guided by the stars and you can go for just a, you know, a nice walk along the, on the beach and just go for a couple Also, you can go easily go for a couple miles and just, you're enjoying yourself so much. And then, you know, certain times of the year when it's, um, when you have like the turtles are, are made, you know, go up on the beach and lay eggs, they're protected. So then a lot of the resorts out there and homes will kill their lights. So then you know, the turtles don't, yeah, don't because you know, they use the moon, go they use the moon the road, for guiding yeah. them. So, and then people protect us. So you'll see when, when we were there in, forgot which time, but also we, you know, one morning we're walking along the beach and you'll see some areas coned off and people take like, you know, yellow tape and just, you know, to protect us, so nobody disturbs it. Yeah. Um, so they're volunteers that do that. So just a lot of that, depending where you are, where you might not see a lot of, a lot of nature, like one day, the resort we were at in, in November, you know, we're, we're walking on the beach and there's a little like, man-made pond at the resort house we looked over and there was just like a little three-foot gator just swimming in the in the little pond so that was kind of kind of neat to see nothing too nothing too crazy and you know even if you know if you want to depend how adventurous you are you know you can go away from the beach and florida has a lot of really neat state parks yeah i noticed that there's a couple of natural natural nature parks quite close to um especially especially this time of the year when in in fort myers I forget the name of the park, but there's a lot of um, the manatees. Yeah, manatees. The sea park. cows. Manatees yeah, okay, this called yeah. manatee. Between park. December and March, apparently they congregate there because there's an outlet 
from a yep. power station and that warm yep. they used they used the seawater to cool the power station yep. so obviously that means it outlets water which is a lot warmer than it would be yep. that time of year and the manatees obviously go towards the warm water and yep. in in colder times between december yep. and march i've got written down here so yeah yep, that is correct you see a lot of the manatees up there so you get a lot of the locals or people that might be down there on vacation going down there and check that which is really really neat to see i mean the only other place you can see them is the aquarium at Epcot. It's nice to see them a little more, you know, in their natural natural habitat. And then it's a little farther up the road, about I think it's about an hour and change up the road. But there, there's a, a state park that I had, the um, Mayaka River State Park. So it's about an hour hour drive up the road from Fort um, Myers, and a good a mutual friend of ours named Dave used to live right by it. Ah, yes. Yep, yep. But it's just a just a couple hundred, probably a couple thousand acres where you drive in there and you, again, you, you wouldn't know that a half hour away is the beach is the ocean. You, you feel like you're in the, you're in the woods. You could be anywhere else. And it's kind of a fun thing with all Florida is everybody thinks about the beach, but you, you can drive in the mangroves forest and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, or you drive 40 lights. minutes. Yeah. Or you can drive into farm fields, but that Mayaka river one's a fun one. A lot of, if you're really into hiking and there's probably once there's obviously ones closer, but, and usually for those, it, it's not a big expense. You can get in for the day and it's, six to ten dollars for your card so it's not for your vehicle so it's not a it's a not a big expense in its way where if you're out there on a, a week-long holiday and you want to get away from the beach it's a good way to see different parts of the state yeah i noticed that on a couple of google searches i done that a couple of these state parks came up and they all look like they've got um wooded walkways to keep you out of yep. the uh any, any danger from sort of snakes and the yeah, well, gator or whatever well that's the fun part too we're at the micro river we saw you know, we look under this bridge and there was probably a 10 foot long, just beastly old alligator just chilling in the water. And then we looked 20 feet one way and there was a bird just with a small snake and it's snake hanging from its mouth. Yeah. So you get to see a little bit of everything. And, and again, you can leave the state park a half hour later. You can be on the beach. We went to a, another fun beach. If you really, if you really want a quiet beach, it's a little more North. There's an area called Minnesota Key. It's kind of halfway between Fort Myers and Tampa. No hotels on the island on that part of the on that peninsula. So your so it's all vacation rentals like Airbnb, VRBO. So if you want really quiet and you don't want the rowdy spring breakers, that's another area to go. And even parts of Sanibel because it's pricey enough. If you're out there like you know spring break season, you're not going to get a bunch of college kids who are you know tearing things up. Yeah, we're past that stage. But again, you know, Minnesota. I mean, it would be at Fort Myers. Tricky part with some of those areas. Uh, you, you know, not as much on the beach side, but even like Sanibel, you really got to look at like hours of the restaurants because sometimes, you know, they're in more retire, retirement communities or they have a lot more retirees. So a lot of them aren't necessarily open real late at night and they might close at eight or nine o'clock at night. And this is, before, this is pre-COVID before you, you, know, you might have had staffing issues. It's just, but they're open at six, you know, 5 a.m. for breakfast, but they close at, you know, eight o'clock at night. So one thing you always got to pay attention to more, it's on those areas you might not have the the late nights, like you might Daytona Beach or Fort Lauderdale or you're Miami not, Beach. You're not going to be going to a lot of nightclubs in this sort of, that side of the coast. No, it's not, probably, I don't, yeah. The best you're going to do is bars and restaurants on, on the seafront in the more built up areas. But if you're going low sort of locations, you'll be looking to rent a, a home, I assume, a villa, what we would look up, refer to as a villa. So okay. you'd be having somewhere where you could cook or something like that. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's a little bit quieter on a Sunday as well, isn't it? From what I can understand than the more touristy areas. 
Yeah, especially you'll get because until you'll get a lot of you know obviously the locals are going to go visit those areas. So on the weekends it's pretty busy. Where if you're down there during the week and you can make it work, you know, obviously you're, it's like anywhere your resort, your hotel, whatever is going to be cheaper because it's not a it's not a weekend. So where you go on a Sunday night, if you went a Sunday to Sunday, it's like okay you you might save a few dollars because you're only paying for two nights of hotel instead of, you know two night two you know maybe one or two weekend nights instead of three or four. So it's a good way to save a little bit of money, but it, yeah, it's not as busy because you know one time we run Sandoval on a on a Sunday and a Monday and what a night and day difference between the, the, two, between guys, the two days. Yeah. But yeah. And then other thing too, if, you know, if you don't have if the money is not in your budget to stay on the beach, you could drive a half hour into Fort Myers or the city and they have plethora of, of chain hotels, mom and pop hotels. But you know, if you have the, you know, the Marriott app or the, the Hilton app, you want to gain points. Cause the tricky part is you get to like, not necessarily tricky part, but you know, on Fort Myers beach, Sanibel, you, you really don't have your, your big hotel change. It's a lot of mom and pop or privately owned resorts. From what I, from what I've looked, I could be wrong where, or if you do have, it might be the really fancy, whatever top of the line Hilton resort is where it's, you know, 800, $900 a night. Um, or if you go into the city, you know, one great one is the, is the Homewood Suites by Hilton. You know, they have a kitchenette in them. So, you know, if you're, if you're on holiday and you have, it's your, you and your spouse and say a couple of kids, well, Hey, you could, there's a good way to save, save money is, yeah, I might pay a couple more dollars than say the Marriott or courtyard suites, but you could pick up your groceries and you have a kitchen there. So you could save money on meals, especially if you have small kids, kids that might not eat a ton or. Yeah. And you can't go out at eight o'clock at night to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could pick up some frozen pizzas or some corn dogs or some noodles and, you know, mom and dad can go grab a bite to eat and the kids can eat whatever. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's a nice area. It looks, looks to me from what I can see on my Google searches and a couple of YouTube videos. But if you are interested in any of this, Give David a shout. He'll be able to price up and find you some hotels. Do his magic with that. He'll have his little tag on the end of this episode. So, Andy, I, <laughs> thanks very much, my friend, for that. I think. Oh, you're welcome. I think we, we, I'd prefer the West Coast to the East Coast, even if it's just purely for the sunsets and the uh, the video uh, opportunities for doing time lapses and stuff like that, which I'm quite heavily into when I'm away, which I did a really nice one and lost it at Animal Kingdom Lodge this last Ooh. February. But there you go. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. And thanks for coming on, Andy. Hi again, David here. I wanted to tell you a little bit more about the ways that I can help you plan the best holiday ever. I own Disney for Brits, which is www.disney, the number four Brits, com. If you go onto that website, you'll see a number of things. We've got a shop where we're selling lots and lots of products, including my Disney Florida travel planning book, my magical Disney planner. There's also a number of other items that you can buy because I know lots of people that go to Florida love things from there and I bring them back and sell them. Also on there, you'll get access to my YouTube channel, which again is called Disney for Brits. And if you go on there, there's lots and lots of helpful advice and ideas on how to maximize your time, how things in America are different to they are in the UK and how you can just have a great holiday. I don't do news. I just do hints and tips and ideas. The final part on there is my travel agency, D4B Travel. D4B Travel specializes in Disney and Universal and Florida holidays, and you can contact me for anything to help you make your travel better. 
Alongside those, I also do cruises and can do pretty much everything you need for an amazing couples or family holiday, whether you're at the value end or at the deluxe end of the spectrum. Get in touch with me at david at disneyforbrits.com and I'll help you with anything you need with any of those items. If you want some advice and some guidance and you want to book your own holiday, by all means, go and do that. If you want to work with a qualified and proven travel agent that just doesn't know Disney, but pretty much is Disney, then I'm the person to help you. So go to www.disneyforbrits.com and see everything I offer. One final new item, I've just opened a shop on Facebook called My Florida Shopper. So search My Florida Shopper on Facebook and buy all the products and quality things you miss from Orlando and America at the very best prices. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you could leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice, that would be much appreciated. Like and subscribe and share it with your friends. And why not, while you're there, subscribe to Brit's Guide to Disney Vacation Club. Go and give us a listen on our sister podcast. All contact details are in the show notes, so we will speak to you on the next show. The audio for this show has been recorded, edited and produced by Arla White Audio Productions. Boom, check the lack of 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 the lack